Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. How many of you are glad to be here today? Are you glad to be sitting that close to someone else? Yeah, praise the the Lord. Oh, it's a good day to be in the house of the Lord, and I'm glad to be back. Thank you for all the prayers uh, for my wife and for me. Thank you so much. Hey, uh, this morning, I want to speak to you on the subject, what if baptism? What if baptism? And I want to begin by asking you a question. What if the Bible was meant to be taken seriously? Now, you might look at me and say, Pastor, it took you all these years to figure that one out. That's like the most obvious statement on the planet. But what if the Bible was meant to be taken really, really, really seriously? I mean, to the point that it is a a guideline for us to walk by, a blueprint for us to live by, a a basic instruction for the Christian life, the successful life, the life that glorifies God. What if we are to take our Bibles, and I mean devour them and follow them explicitly? Because there's something I want you to know today, and this is very important. We need to understand that understanding the Bible will not change our lives. I need to say that one more time. I could see the way some of you looked at me when I said that. We need to understand that understanding the Bible will not change our lives. That there's something far more important than reading the Bible and studying the Bible and understanding the Bible. And you already know what it is, don't you? Doing what the Bible says do. You see, that's far, far more important. And that's one of the reasons that I've been been trying to drive home uh, this point recently. And that is when you're reading your Bible and the Holy Spirit magnifies something, the Holy Spirit points something out to you. It jumps out at you as a divine truth. You're reading your Bible, but this one verse or this one truth just captures you then I've been encouraging you to stay there. Don't just keep reading. That's where God wants to deal with you. That's where God wants to speak to you. Just stay there until you get beyond the understanding. Until you come to the place that you become what you're reading. That what you're reading in God's Word defines who you are and how you live. That's when the Bible becomes powerful. One of the Men of God that I've followed for many years, 
uh, Leonard Ravenhill, in his book, Why Revival Tarries, wrote this, One of these days some <clears throat> simple soul will pick up the book of God, read it, and believe it, then the rest of us will be embarrassed. We have adopted the convenient theory that the Bible is a book to be explained, whereas first and foremost, it is a book to be believed, and after that, obeyed. I've got to get some water or I'm not going to make it. <clears throat> I told somebody the other day, I'm over COVID, but I still have the COVID fog. <clears throat> they told me they were born with the COVID fog. <laughs> there are three words in the English language that make me nervous. I mean, really nervous. I hate to use the word hate, but I sometimes hate these three words. Maybe you do too. Let me share them with you. Here they are. Pull them up on the screen. Now that's usually a lie. It's usually a lot of assembly <coughs> required. You know where I'm coming from, don't you? Man, I, I hate those words. Have you ever started putting something together and it looked rather simple and by the time you finish, there's three or four extra parts and you have no idea where they go? <clears throat> uh, I, I, passed, I think it was Pastor Coburn telling me about his father. Uh, he and his father were putting a swing set together and three hours into the project, they had to tear it all back apart, get the directions out and follow it point <laughs> by point. And how about this? Have you ever opened something up and you wanted to put it together? And you got the direct, <clears throat> excuse me, the directions out and step one made absolutely no sense. That's, that step one does not make sense. But you can't see the whole picture, can you? But you go ahead anyway because you trust the directions and you do step one. And then you go to step two and you go all the way through. And when you finish, it's done. It's beautiful. It works. Why? Because you followed directions. That's real simple, isn't it? Could it be? What if the Bible was meant to be taken that seriously? What if the Bible requires from us, each of us, all of us, what if it requires from us absolute trust, even when it makes no sense? And I'm going to ask you another what if. And this may answer something for some of you here today. What if the Bible will not work for you, for me, for us, for a church, for anybody, if we keep skipping the basic teachings and steps of the Bible? What if it doesn't matter how hard you pray or how much you try or how many counselors you have? What if it just will not work if you keep skipping the basics? I want to tell you, I've been there a few times in my life, so I really know what I'm talking about. And you do too. 
don't you? Well, the title of the message is, What is Baptism? Now, I'll be dealing with a lot of stuff in the days to come. The staff and I have been talking about this. But this morning, just one thing. What if baptism really is the first step in the Christian life? What if baptism is the first thing that you need to do, I need to do, we all need to do, once you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you get baptized? What if that is the case? And friends, the answer to that is then we need to be baptized. It's not something you can skip. What if it's a a wonderful, beautiful, glorious, humble beginning for those who are seriously turning their lives over to the Lord? I'm using what if a lot because I want you to think this morning. And what if it is impossible? What if it is impossible to get to step two in the Christian life when you skip step one? And then you try to figure out why it's not working. I'm just trying to tell you that the Bible is a divine, holy, supernatural book given to us from God. And we're to take it seriously. And we're to say, okay, what's the first thing I need to do? And do it. There are just some things you can't skip. I have a ridiculous illustration that I've used through the years. Here it is. What if a young couple were to come up to you after church today and they were to say to you, I've been watching you and I know you're a person of prayer and we want you to pray for us because we want to have a child and you look at that person and you say, that's awesome. Man, I, I will pray with you. I will agree with you. We, we've seen people trying to have children in this church. And then we would pray over them and God would give them a child. And so I'll pray for you that you'll be able to have a child. And they say, well, there, there are a couple things we want you to pray about. You see, we've been hearing about all the sleepless nights that you have. When there's a new baby in the house. And we've heard about the diaper stage. And we don't like that at all. And then we heard about the terrible twos. And who could look forward to the terrible twos? So what we've decided is. Is we want a child that's about four years old. And you say to them, man, I am so impressed. I know how you want me to pray now. I'm going to pray that you'll be able to adopt the child and that God will strategically place the child chosen for you and your family in your lives. And then what if they say, no, we, we want to get pregnant and have a four-year-old child. Come on, what would you say? I've known some great prayer warriors in my lifetime, but I've never known anybody that could pull that one off. Man, that, that's beyond possibility. I'm not saying God couldn't do it, 
I'm just saying we wouldn't want God to do it. <clears throat> do you understand what I'm trying to say? Maybe, maybe those early days are tough. Maybe the diaper days are tough. Maybe the terrible twos are tough. But there's some things in life you can't skip. There's some things that have order to them. And the Bible gives us order. I'm not making this up. This is all, you could spend a good long time studying this subject in the Bible. When Jesus began his ministry, he got baptized. The first thing he did was get baptized. And the first thing we do when we begin our Christian lives is we get baptized. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell in mighty, glorious power, 3,000 people got saved, and the Bible tells us they got baptized immediately. That was the first thing they did. Simon Peter was told by God to go to a house, uh, the house of Cornelius. And, and he was a wealthy man, had children and grandchildren and servants and, and a large household, and they all got saved. He shared the plan of salvation with them, and they all got saved. And the Bible says he commanded them to be baptized. He didn't suggest. The word command is in Scripture. He commanded them to be baptized. Why? Because that's the first thing you do when you get saved. You get baptized. Now, you may be here and say, hey, I got saved three or four years ago and I didn't get baptized, but you didn't know better then, but you know better now. Because I'm telling you what God's word says. Uh, Paul and Silas, I'm just trying to think of the times in the Bible. Paul and Silas were put in a Philippian jail. They were beaten and put in stocks. And at midnight, the Bible says they sang praises unto God. And the jailer heard them. And the glory of God appeared. And an earthquake. And the doors were opened. And miraculous things happened. It was so miraculous that the jailer, probably the one who put the stripes on him and locked the doors, the jailer comes in and says, what must I do to be saved? They led him to the Lord. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says he took them out. And he wiped and ministered to their stripes, their backs. And it says, and immediately he and his whole house were baptized. I I could give you more scripture, but let me give you the one that stands out more than any other one. Here it is, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. We call it the Great Commission. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven And on earth, go therefore and make disciples. Now let me explain this. You become a disciple the moment you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're a beginner disciple, but you're a disciple. You've decided, I'm not following the world anymore. I'll follow Jesus. I won't be a disciple of some man or some movement. I'm a disciple of Jesus. And it says, go and make disciples of all nations. What's the first thing you do after you make a disciple? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then you teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. You see, friends, that's it. A person becomes a disciple. And then they get baptized. And, and did you, do you understand? You get baptized and then you learn. 
You don't learn and then get baptized. I've had people tell me, well, I want to wait till I understand it. Or, or until I understand it better. Well, if that were the case, I'd need to get baptized about every three weeks. Because I'm understanding more and more and more of the glory of God. No, you give your heart to Jesus. And then the first thing you do, it's like square one. It's like the first thing. You do what the word of God tells you to do. You get baptized and then you begin the learning and growing in grace process. It's a beautiful thing. What if there was this job and you always wanted this job? I mean, it's your dream job. It's got the best benefits of any job you've ever heard of in your life. And you apply for the job, you get the job. You show up for work the first day. They show you to your office. It's beautiful. Man, this is, this is it. This is what you want to do for the rest of your life. And the CEO flies into town, walks into your office and says, welcome to the company. And you say, thank you, I'm so excited. This is, this is my dream job. This is what I've always wanted to do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then the CEO says to you, the first thing I want you to do is this. And you look at the CEO and say, nope. Can't do that. Is there something else you want me to do? Because I'm not going to do that. Did you know we do that to God? not trying to make you feel bad, but I'm telling you that when we read something in the word of God and we don't do what it tells us to do, even if we have had a born again experience, we're beginning our Christian life in rebellion and disobedience. You say, pastor, that's strong language. No, that's the word of God. That's like saying to the CEO of the universe, I want to belong to you, but the first thing you ask me to do, I'm not going to do it. Wow. Luke 6, 46. Jesus said, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? That makes me want to get on my knees at the altar and say, forgive me, Lord. Lord, let me return to your word like never before. Let me follow it. Let me begin the way you want me to begin and let me walk it out. You have put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now you have the wonderful opportunity to obey his teachings and to follow him in baptism. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.